there was this Jewish man who was growing all of the ingredients that they knew of. There was a couple they didn't know of. All he, he was growing that for the incense that would eventually be burned in the future temple to come. Oh yeah, they believe it's going to happen. What would the myrrh be? This would be a gift, and I don't know why you would bring this, for someone who, who would die. It was used in embalming. What are the wise men, what are the magi, the tradition, what do these three gifts foretell about Jesus? He would come as the king of kings. He would become the great high priest. He would offer himself, his body, his death, as our death and resurrection. All as his for our resurrection, all of that offered up to say, Here comes the Savior of mankind. Now, if we mimic the Magi in any way, I think there's two things that I see. Number one, they traveled a long distance. And come this Christmas time, before and the day and the day after, us Americans are going to travel like no other time whether we're in a bus, a train, or a plane, or in our cars, we're going to be traveling. They traveled, we mimic them, we travel. And then the other thing is, is they're going to bring gifts, and they're going to bring expensive gifts, and we're going to want to bring expensive gifts because we really like to try to impress sometimes. I'd really like to talk to you about that. But verse 12 you do not have unless you have your smartphone opened. Uh, unless you have your Bible open. Here is the New International Version. It says in verse 12, in regards to the Magi, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, I have another version. It's the NIV. It's the Nunley International Version. For those of you who don't know, my last name is Nunley. I wrote it like this. And having been warned in a dream not to go into debt... At Christmas time, the Magi returned to their country debt-free. I kind of like my version a little bit better, most especially for Americans today. I know that's a little bit of irony, but I would like to share six pieces of irony with you today. You know, saying something, making a point, using the opposite of it. And that would be my, my goal today. My goal is not to berate anybody. And my goal is not to lay the smack down or the guilt on you today. My goal is to help us resuscitate our spending and get us back to a place in December most especially that we make sure that it is redeemed for the right reason. Could you imagine all of the advertising that's all over everywhere swapped and switched out? All of the advertising for buying and purchasing versus all of the advertising for Jesus Christ. Could you imagine if it was switched? All of the advertising for cars and gifts and all that had about as much space and as much time as Jesus has. And everything for every car and automobile and gift and coals and all those other secular demonic stores, coals, that's where my wife shops, that all was switched and we'd be talking about Jesus. I wonder how many people would come to know Christ if we had it that way. I have a definition for redeemed in your notes there. Every week, a little bit of a definition. It's to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. And of course, you and I know that when we've been redeemed, Jesus came to redeem us. He made the payment for us. And so what if we could possibly redeem or gain December and gain a hold of our spending? My goal, I'll say it again, is not to berate or hurt somebody. Or, I just want you 
to think about getting alone with Jesus Christ afresh and anew and to just say as Christians, do we need to redeem any of our spending? Number one in your notes. Did the Savior come into the world so we could go into debt? Number one. A little irony, everybody, right? I mean, debt this time of year continues to increase. Just in December, just in December, every year, 2015, 16, 17, they talk about the debt increases that Americans take. And this is individual spenders. This isn't just, this is individuals, it could, not just family. And, and uh, this year it's up over, it's up again, it's up over $1,000. Now you might think that that's not too bad, but that's the average. There's going to be all kinds of people, they go into debt zippo, which means there are others that go into debt five, three to $5,000. Now if you were to just take the minimum, if you were just to take the minimum of debt, it would take you a long, long, long time to pay it off, and we'll look at that. But Proverbs 21.5 says, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Here's the thing, everybody. This desire that we have to give a gift to somebody, to have them unwrap it, and to have them look at it and say, Oh, man, you shouldn't have but they're glad they did. That desire is very strong. It is played on by advertisers, and they push it. The desire to give the perfect gift is so strong, and you look at the passage of Scripture. Where does prosperity come from according to the passage? It comes from good planning and hard work. What does that look like? That looks like at the beginning of 2018, you have a plan for the end of the month. December's not going to surprise anybody. It's not going to get nixed off the calendar. December 25 is on every calendar. It's there. It's, it shouldn't surprise anybody. So the people that are prosperous and have prosperity, they have a plan. They, they put hard work into it. If you've ever tried to make, put a budget together with somebody else, it's hard work. You squirrel away what you can so that come the end of the year, you don't have to go into debt. What does poverty look like? What does debt look like? Hasty shortcuts, the passage says. Hasty. Oh, you know what? It's, it's December coming up, and I haven't finished, and I haven't planned. I haven't put anything away. And that's what poverty looks like. And every year, we know December's coming. What kind of person does the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results? You, you know the answer to that. Did the Savior of the world come so we could go into debt at this time of year? I ask myself, I ask you the question, which of the two P words is yours? Prosperity, good planning, hard work, or poverty, hasty shortcuts? Folks, it's time to redeem the possession of our spending. And in doing so, we're going to redeem December back. Number two, did the Savior come into the world so we could ruin 2019? The Savior comes so we could ruin 2000. I mean, nobody sits out and says, you know what, this year I just, I'm just going to mess it up as best I can. You know, if we don't stay within our means this year, we're going to be paying all of this year into 2019. And the pressure of having to pay it all off in 2019 will mean we'll be paying for it that year. The passage of Scripture in Proverbs 119 the context of it is, it's constantly, it's going on, it's talking about people who are trying to take advantage of somebody. It's constantly talking about this passage here, uh, Proverbs 1, it's talking about people who lie in wait for other people. 
And the passage flips it. As they're lying in wait to go against somebody else, it says in verse 19, such is the fate of all who are greedy for money, it robs them of life. It robs them of 2019, the next year and maybe even beyond. This word fate here is an interesting word, isn't it? They mean faint, uh, fate like the Hallmark movie. Any of you guys watching the Hallmark movies that are on? Yes, you are, right? How many of you have screamed at the, at the TV, could you please come up with a different plot? Yeah, it goes on, two people meet, whatever it might be. The, Maria and I call it out. The, the very first, the time they get ready to have the first kiss, the horn blows. They don't have the first kiss. A little kid, mommy, daddy, whatever, you know, and they don't have the first kiss. I'm just like, will somebody get some guts here? Kid, go back in the house. I'm about to kiss her. And it goes on. And you know, so, there's going to be some catastrophe, some misunderstanding. Somebody's going to leave town, and it's all going to come right back together again. Could somebody please come up with a different... But eventually, they'll use this word fate. Oh, it was fate. On, maybe not every time, but it's, it was fate that we would come together. It was fate that we would meet. And that's not how this passage is using the Scripture. This is a fate that we can control. This is not a fate that catches us off guard. Such is the fate of all who agree. So that lets me know, I don't really want to go down that route. I don't want that fate in my life. We don't have to pay for Christmas all 2019. Unfortunately, sometimes it becomes so cyclical. Year after year, we do the same thing, and it's not just robbed us of the following year. It's robbed us of many past years. There are people probably here that uh, you feel like, I'd really like to enjoy Christmas, but maybe it is that the credit cards and everything else are just piling up and the debt is there. It robs us of life. It robs us of life. Maybe you've overspent already. Is it possible? You might think, and maybe if the Lord would lead, that maybe you need to take something back. It's just a thought. Just a thought. December needs to be redeemed so that we don't ruin 2019. Number three, did the Savior come into the world so we could pay 25% interest on a credit card? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the invention. And maybe you don't pay 25%. That's ridiculous. You only pay like 16%. Okay, so I did a little research. You know this. You've heard this. But maybe somebody, maybe even ever realized this, that if you got 16% on $1,000, which they say everybody's going in debt for, and you paid the minimum, which is 20 bucks, which you would probably never do. You'd probably pay 24 or 25. So it wouldn't take you 15 and a half years to pay it off. That's at 16%. Yeah, and by that time, you'd pay almost two and a, you'd pay almost twenty four thousand dollars, twenty four hundred dollars on a thousand dollars. Did Jesus Christ come into the world so these people could take our money and get rich off us, folks? The competition within families to one up somebody else is constantly and always there. It's ongoing. It is huge, and it puts a lot. You talk about peer pressure for kids. Every adult that is here today, you know when you open a gift, they they just, oh, that was about worth $25. Oh, they gave us $25. They gave my kid 50 bucks for graduation. I got to write that down somewhere so that I don't look like a cheapskate when I give something back to them. Peer pressure. What's the pressure that you're feeling today? You're thinking, I got to keep up with somebody. You know, the peer pressure that comes from families. Proverbs 22.7. There are six words here 
that are in opposition to each other, if, you, if I can say it that way. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. You see the opposites there, right? The rich and the poor, the ruler and the servant, the borrower and the lender. And in case nobody has ever told you or taught you, when you borrow, there's a lot of fine print. When you use a credit card, there's a lot of fine print. If you use a credit card like our family does and you pay it off at the end of the year just so you don't have to carry cash, at the end of every month you pay it off, you pay no interest, no charges, wonderful. But if you are constantly behind, spending too much money on you, your kids, your family, whatever, can't you ask yourself the question, am I really going to ruin 2019? Am I really going to go into debt over this? Oftentimes Christmases from years past are just so so burdensome that we continue to pay for them year after year. I know this sounds corny, but sometimes corny is good. The credit card companies, they don't have your best interest in mind. But the Savior of the world came into our world and his interest is in you. That's why he came. Couldn't we redeem December and our spending and our overspending and get to the place where we're on point with what we can afford? Number four, did the Savior come into the world so we could spoil our children slash grandchildren with gifts? I know that there are parents here that do exactly what Maria and I have done for 35 years. Try to make a decision, what are we going to do at Christmas time? It's not easy. I know I always have the more spiritual response. Last year, our family, we, we, we talk about this. We said, let, let's not give each other any gifts whatsoever, no pressure, and let's take that money and spend it somewhere on somebody or something. Inside the country, outside, my children, we did a lot of really creative things. This year, we're going back to the way it used to be, you know. We're going to do some things outside of our family. What is it that you've planned to do? What is it that you can do? Because the Savior of the world didn't come in so that we could spoil our kids. You know, there's a mom or dad, you're on one side. Somebody wants to spend this much, somebody wants to spend this much. I'm here to be the inner mediator. And I want you to go home and fight about it, but could you talk about it? Could you come to an agreement? Men, just let your wife have it the way that she wants Spoiling our children. Could you, parents, please check your heart to make sure you're really not trying to buy your kids love? Single parents, I know you got it really tough sometimes. Somebody that's outside the home, somebody they buy gifts and they spoil the kids and this, that, the other, and it's a really tough time. Single parents, that you have something that's really difficult, but moms and dads, you know, it's always trying to keep up with the Joneses. Grandparents, I'm not one yet. But I have talked to many of you, and, and lots of times grandparents brag about something, you know. They, they brag about, you know, well, it's my right to spoil my grandchild. Have you ever looked in the face of your son-in-law or your mother-in-law when you told them what you were buying or they opened it? Have you ever read their body language? And maybe you haven't, you just said, I don't care because it's my job as a grandparent to spoil my kid. You know what the word spoil means? You look it up. It means to ruin. It means to ruin. Wouldn't it be much better to 
get a gift, stay, understand, and make sure the, the, the parents understand or whatever it is. Wouldn't it be much better to use that time of year to teach them about the greatest gift? And then every day, you know, they have all these different things, 12 days of Christmas. What if every day parents and grandparents you found a story of something somebody did. You find them anywhere. The Internet's as believable as anything. You pull up your smartphone. There's this old thing called newspapers you can look in. You found a story, and every day you kind of made it a game with them. Look what, this, look what they did. And you talk about what they did. They helped so-and-so. They did this and that and the other and say, what kind of gift is that to give? And you began to put it in their mind that giving a gift wasn't always just a package that you opened but it was something individuals could do for somebody else. Folks, Jesus didn't come into the world so our kids could be spoiled, and sometimes that does ruin them. He came so that we could have life. Let's redeem December. Let's not be a willing part to ruining our children or our grandchildren's lives. Number five, did the Savior come into the world so we could achieve peace on earth from temporary trinkets? What gift have you ever opened that gave you peace forever and ever and ever? What peace have you, what gift have you ever opened that gave you the peace in your heart that you've been forgiven of your sins? What gift have you ever given or received that maybe brokered peace? Like Jesus, his life brokered peace between us and the Father. I have a story of somebody that told me the story. I asked them if they send it. I want to read you the testimony of somebody who did this very thing. I work with someone that I did not get along with. I didn't like her attitude and felt I was the one that should adjust it for her. Anybody ever been there? I found myself getting caught up in gossiping about her. But whenever we saw each other, it was anything but pleasant. This went on for a while. Then I took the Bible study about adjusting my attitude. This is why Christians need to be in Bible study. Pastor Dale's teaching this Wednesday here and Thursday at Lifeline uh, on what it means to redeem and, and to make sure that the Great Commission moves forward. This is why Christians need to be in Bible study because this girl was headed down a path and possibly walking in an attitude of sin that she didn't realize except spoken as she's in the Bible study. Sorry about that. She said, I felt the Holy Spirit constantly placing this person on my heart. I knew that I needed to at least try to fix this, so I decided to buy her a small gift. I asked around and found her favorite candy and bought a little container to keep it in. I wrote a brief note and asked her to forgive me for any hurt or frustration I may have caused and hope we could start it all over again. I put it in her office mailbox and waited. A couple days went by before I saw her again, and when I did, it was like night and day. She gave me a hug, thanked me for the gift, and ever since, our relationship is very pleasant. Most important, I answered God's call to fix something that was broken. I not only changed my outside appearance, but my heart also changed towards this person. Is it possible that the Spirit of God is speaking to you about purchasing a small gift for somebody that was never on your heart or mind. You never thought about it. But it would bring peace. Possibly. I understand it can't. But it would bring peace between you and that person. You understand that in Christianity, the more mature one always goes first, right? 
If you're waiting around for somebody else, and maybe even if you do it and it doesn't pan out, you did what the Lord laid on your heart. The more mature Christian always go first. A, a gift redeemed a relationship. It brought peace between two people. Boy, now that is the way to redeem December. Number six. Did the Savior come into the world so we could experience joy to the world through purchased possessions? We're all here old enough to know no matter what we you get a brand new car, you take care of it for a while, and then after that, oh well. There's french fries stuck in between the seats. A, a smelly, the other day I got in my car, I'm like, what's smelling in my car, you know? And nobody else drives it, so I can't blame it on the kids anymore. You know, when you go to the gym and you sweat in something and throw it in the back, just because it's less than 32 degrees outside doesn't kill the stink. I, I, dro I drove with it a while, you know, because you know, my arm was in a sling. I really, it was too hard to reach back there and take it out, but you get used to stink. Eh, no more than 60 seconds, I couldn't smell it anymore. But I really didn't want to get anybody in my car because it smelled like my gym bag. You know, how long do gifts last? How long do they give us joy? Jesus said, when you drink from me, I'll give you something and you'll never go thirsty forever again. Do we believe it? How your children are going to open up all kinds of gifts. How long are they going to play with them? How long before the goodwill gets them? Or the toy drive for less fortunate? I understand. I was a part of it. Joy to the world, and yet most people on earth reject the joy of Jesus Christ. Most. We talked about that. They spend their lives trying to be happy, and they die not ever finding Jesus Christ. Every week we try to make sure that we say to you, Jesus Christ, he's interested in you. Jesus Christ, he died on the cross for you, for your sins, for your rebellion. He is the one that will give you peace on earth. He is the one that will come to you and speak to you and give you a joy that the world cannot take away. Let's not be like the world. Folks, build a deepening relationship with Jesus Christ. If it's not deepening, if you're not doing something, you don't sense his presence, something's not right. I challenge you to do that. And if you're here today and don't know Christ as your Savior, my information is all over everything. I'm at your beck and call. Let's redeem December and regain what has been lost. I have in your notes, regain possession, right? Isn't it interesting? Nobody ever stops to think about a teenager having to buy expensive gifts or, or even an elementary. Nobody expects children and teenagers buy something really expensive and go into debt. Yet, when you turn a certain age, I don't know what happens. It's almost like they expect it of us. Wouldn't it be nice to redeem that? be nice to go back to the way it was and be a child again. Let me read you a quote. I bet you, maybe not all, but some of you will know exactly where this comes from. Quote, if you live like no one else, later you can live like no one else. Who is it? Dave Ramsey. How many of you have ever taken financial peace? If you live like nobody else today, you will be able to live like nobody else can later. And basically he says, don't go into debt. Cut back, cut back, get out of debt work. And then you'll be able to... I know the story of a family about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, started on this process. 
I thought, I didn't know much about Dave Ramsey. I thought they were a little bit cuckoo. They, they were making everybody around them mad because they said, listen, for the, we can't afford it. We, they start cutting back, family and friends. It's just like, but today, this family, it took them about, maybe about seven years. They live like most people don't. This guy, you know what the best part about this family is? is they're generous. They now can be generous. Before They wanted to be, but they couldn't afford to be. This guy... He's a police officer. At certain times, he'll go up and have somebody, somebody steal something. You know what he'll do? He'll say, you don't got to steal. He'll reach into his pocket and give him some money. Guy's crazy. I tell you, that's the asterisk in your notes right here, folks. If you decide to redeem December, it will cost you because the very definition of, rega- of regaining possession or redeeming something is it's exchange for something that's been purchased. And if you decide to do this, if you decide, you know, we're going to cut back, we're going to grain in our spending, somebody's not going to be happy. That'll cost you. But who do we listen to? Who do we listen to? Uh, is he our Lord? Do we go by what it is he tells us to do? It's not going to be easy. December for Christians is about telling other people about the gifts of the Magi. You could use those three gifts and you could share the gospel with somebody. Those gifts meant he was a king, he was a priest who interceded for us, and he gave his life. The myrrh, the incense, the embalming. And so there's got to be a pressure relief valve. That's in your notes. There's, you know, it is a pressure relief valve. We have a, uh, if you ever had one of those steam pots you put on top of the stove, you know, there's a little pressure relief valve, you know. When I was growing up, we had teapots that whistled when they started to boil. That's, that's a pressure relief valve. There's got to be, this December, a pressure relief valve. The world believes Christmas with, and all of it will bring joy and happiness to all of them. They're, they're going to get their presents and they're going to think, wow, that's, we got everything we wish for and that, that won't be it. People are trying to decide what gifts they should give. Could I ask you a question? Is it possible that it's not what gift you should get, but if you should even be buying a gift? Parents? grandparents, aunts and uncles, should you even be buying one at all? I sat around the table as I prepared this message. And there's five or, I think there was five of us. And one started talking about how very rich their family is and when they give gifts, they just feel like crawling up in a ball. And they just talked about it. And, and, and nobody cued each other Every person at the table went around and told their story. One person told a story about, you know, people were over here and they were opening all these gifts and I knew what was in my gift and my gift was nothing like the other gifts. They said they literally wanted to go get their gift and, and take it back so it wasn't opened. Oh, you talk about peer pressure? There wasn't, and these were all Christians. When are we going to stand up and redeem December? Let me close with this true story. Every year I have a friend who lives on the West Coast, and oh, there's a lot of nuts out there, but he's not one of them. He, every year, says, Evan, can you tell me of some people in your churches that need help? He does very good. He sent over the years thousands of dollars. This year, he said, Evan, can you... Think about it, and I prayed through as best I could. Could you tell me about several families? I think I sent him six different situations and families and that, and I sent him to him, and he says, this year my daughter is going to help me. 
He's done it by himself all other times. This year, he's brought his daughter alongside of him. This year, she's going to see what he does at Christmas time with the hope that she'll catch it and get it and not make it all about herself. This last night, I got an email back from him, and he said, and he said her name. He said, my daughter chose these two families. What a legacy to pass on. How about that for redeeming December? What is it we're passing on? What is it we're passing on to our children and others, creating in them the mindset, it's not about me. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, as we close today here, will your spirit give us a lasting, lasting touch in our hearts and our minds? It was not my intention to make anybody feel bad or guilty or berate anybody today. You know that, Lord. So may they not sense or carry that guilt, but a freedom that will come from your spirit. You did not come into this world for these things. You came into this world because your interest was every one of us. Lord, if there is somebody here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, by the time this day is over, may we have a conversation. May they come to know who you are. In Jesus' name.